Hello there, ladies, gentlemen, and to our friends from beyond the binary. Welcome to Full Starts Pod. We're the podcast, the only podcast. And we talk about those films that could have had a sequel and pretty much failed in that. On my left today is Lewis. Hi guys, uh, I just want to say up top, uh, uh, thanks to our sponsor, Toilet Paper. Uh, thank you, Toilet Paper. You're mostly there when I need you, uh, but run out in a crisis. Thank you, Toilet Paper. <clears throat> and on my right is Dan. Hey, good way to keep running that same joke into the ground. What's your sponsor, Dan? My sponsor is Feet. They take you where I need to go. For some of us. <laughs> what, you're just fucking going <laughs> different directions? I go everywhere in handstands. That's how people know it's me. <laughs> Let's stop, stop the podcast, Ashley. Do a handstand right now. No. Do a handstand. It's an audio medium. Okay, wait, I'll do it. Whoa! Oh, wow, look at, look that. at his handstand. That's handstand. the best, just the most glorious handstand I've ever seen. He's not even using hands. It's amazing he could use his penis to do that. A handstand with no hands. Isn't that a peen stand? <laughs> I don't know what he'd call it. Oh, oh. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> right. Um, okay, guys. Yes. Serious question. Mm. Did you just assume my gender? Okay, amorphous blobs. Hey, hey, guys is all inclusive. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like being amorphous blob. Let's go, let's go with that. Straight to the point, what's the best way you'd fuck a mermaid? Mm. Don't give me on this merman shit. No, no, what I'm like, I have to ask you a, a setup question to this. Are we talking a normal mermaid or a reverse mermaid? What's the difference? Well, the reverse mermaid is the fish head on the top and the lady parts on the bottom, or the man parts on the bottom. That's a reverse Tra- mermaid. Traditional mermaid. Okay. Fishy so tail. The sort of ones that lure you to see with the fish tail and the... Yes. The fish, okay, and the human top. Uh, probably in the mouth. In the mouth. <laughs> Such a classy boy. <laughs> that should tell you where I'm from. I, I think the, the way any regular human would... The mermaid would lay her eggs from her egg sack and I would spunk over them. Oh, yeah, I forgot that was the thing. Yeah, I guess it would have to be that. You Actually, guys are fucking gross. I'd drive it out into the middle of the desert. No food or water. Leave it there. I reckon it'd be pretty fucked. You guys fucking disgust me. <laughs> Roll theme tune. <laughs> he says my jokes are bad. Ding, 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 ding. Change that at some point. What? Do a new one. No. Yeah. You do one. I can't do the n- n- whatever <laughs> you've got in mind. <laughs> exactly. Right. Ash, who won the poll? I don't know. Let me have a look. <laughs> I know who won the poll. Or oh, would care to enlighten us, Daniel? Enlighten us? Oh. Oh, Mr. Fucking Modest over here. You won it. By a good amount? By a good amount, yes. Yeah. Oh, good, cool. By, by a good amount, for some reason. I can only assume that people fell asleep during my pitch. <laughs> I mean, during yours. Can you, can you blame them? Yes, because, I mean, really, mine was the best when it... No offence, I fell asleep when I was editing it. I'll be, I'll be totally <laughs> Well, <honest>. fuck you. It's <laughs> just rambling, drunk, and then not being able to read off your phone. Rambling, yes. <laughs> drunk, also yes. Not being able to read off my phone. Also, yes, but th- I have no more. There we go. You got there. You got through it, buddy. But, we all did. but read, reading my pitch back sober 
obviously it's not what I put out there. It's definitely the best. <laughs> Congratulations to you, Ashley. Thank for, you for for winning. Thank you. Well, did you have were you did you have Rebel Wilson doing an English accent? No, no, I me. did not. That was me okay. being Rebel Wilson, with it, being a psychic who has a ghost friend who helps her fake being psychic. What was? <laughs> I don't even remember. Actually, it's what the fuck was it? It had you guys uh, in Ghostbusters it. Ghostbusters in London. Oh where, right, yeah, it had us. <laughs> And we didn't vote for it. Uh, no, I didn't vote for it. Of course I didn't. <laughs> vote for myself just because no one else would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I suppose that's something. Right, right, this month we watched Leon the Professional. We did. Yes, we did. Did we watch Leon the Professional? Or did we? Did we just watch Leon? We watched Leon, but for the American audience, they don't even. I think it, the American audience. It was initially released as just the Professional, and it's since been changed to Leon colon the profession yeah yeah something like that but um you guys should get I forewarn you uh, throughout the review I will be referring to Leon as Leon <laughs> help me Leon yep just because because Resident <laughs> Evil's in the ether yeah because Resident Evil 4 happened and I cannot get that out of my brain yeah Resident Evil 4 really ruined the name Leon Leon his name isn't even Leon. It's Leone. Leone Montana. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jean Reno. <laughs> the most French-looking and sounding motherfucker on the planet playing in Italian. He's not playing in Italian. Yeah, he is. Yeah, is he? he is. Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's, he's not Italian. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, so I love the man, but... In, in the extended... So, I, I have the Luc Besson collection which sounds like it should be given to a jury um <laughs> what what's in that it's the it's the director's cut that, is it his three yeah, good movies i've got to say i i also watched the director's cut of this movie because that's what they had uh on shamazon right when, when i was watching me it. too yay so we all watched it yeah the first time we've all watched the same coffee <laughs> Yeah, but I say I've got the collection. It's just on the DVD. It says Luke Besson collection. It's not a collection of his works. Okay. It's yeah. just what they've titled the extended edition. Right. Fair so enough. It's, it was the ten-year anniversary edition. Okay. Have and you guys seen the theatrical version of this? The yes. Original, the... Uh, yeah, ages ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I believe the first time I saw it was a theatrical. Yeah. I was going to say on DVD somewhere, but I don't know where it's gone. I'm going to refer back to the theatrical cut because I, it's the version that I saw, and you know it's it. I saw it lots uh, growing up. I haven't watched it in a good in a decade, probably now at least. Um, but that's the version that I saw. I'd never seen this version before. Okay. Did it get a bit uncomfortable? We'll, we'll talk about we it will. later. We'll okay. talk about it later. Yeah, let, we'll get we'll get into that. So this film came out in 1994. It had a budget of 16 million dollars, and it made an estimated 46.1. Nice. So yeah, did well. a little profit. Uh, first ever acting job, not just feature film, but first ever acting job for Natalie Portman. Mm. Oh really? Um, yeah. So she was actually up against differing reports on the DVD. It said two thousand, but there's a report of one thousand elsewhere. Um, two thousand other girls that auditioned for this role, mm. and the casting director, based in America would send VHS over to France of all their auditions. Mm -hmm. And initially he was going for 15, 16-year-olds who could pass off as younger. Yeah. And 
Luc Besson's exact wording was, these are girls who know sex, I want someone who thinks she knows sex. Ah. Yeah. Mm. Also, uh, probably kind of a little thing to put. This very week, Monday, I believe, um, European Court threw, threw out the case against. Yes, I saw. <laughs> against Luc Besson. So he is, uh. he is no longer. He is Luc Besson, alleged rapist. Mm. Well, even not alleged anymore. Well, no, he's been cleared, I yeah. guess. Yeah. I feel like we can't go without having some sort of fucking sexual criminal in in our episodes once a month. Anyway. Do we remember when Luke Besson was, like, just excellent? Goldeneye. Are you mean, Goldeneye? What do you mean yeah. Goldeneye? Oh. No, he didn't. Luke did Besson didn't do Goldeneye. He did Goldeneye after this. No. He did this, then Goldeneye, then Fifth Element. No, Goldeneye was Martin something or other. <laughs> yeah, look that up. I know he did Fifth Element, which... I enjoy in a campy way. Luke Bassoni did uh, La Femme Nikita. He did Leon. He did Fifth Element. He uh, produced uh, District Thirteen. Those yeah. movies, and then and then after that, he he yeah, he does like oh, the Arthur movies, Arthur and the Invisibles. Though that series of horrific looking animated movies, mm. they are fucking frightening looking films. He does those. He does a uh, Lucy. Did, did Lucy did Valerian. He does Valerian. What happened man, to Luc Besson? Lucy is utter, utter trash, man. I, it's hard to, when you watch Leon and you watch Lucy. It's like it's very hard to believe they're the same director. Yeah, when you watch it, fucking really hard to believe. But I, I really enjoy Fifth Element as well. It is, it is campy, campy nonsense, campy nonsense, but it's really fun. And campy also nonsense has Gary Oldman as well, and because you know that's it. And Valerian, those the first five minutes of Valerian are really quite good, and you think, oh, maybe this, maybe he's back on form. And then the other two hours happen, and then the rest of it happens. <laughs> Ashley, you've been over there looking to see if Luke Besson did Goldeneye. Yeah, so I got my wires crossed, and <laughs> yeah, so. even before coming out today, I thought I'm better look into that, and I didn't. Uh, Live research on air here. The guy who wrote the original score for Leon then used it in Goldeneye. Right. right. So who directed I... Goldeneye? Martin something, wasn't Martin... it? Campbell? I want to say Campbell, yeah. Right, can we talk about this opening action scene? Uh, well, I've got a note at zero minutes and zero seconds. What you got? At least it's a good ah, movie this time. Ah, 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 you have a note before the movie starts like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It's nice to watch a good movie. Yeah, nice but here's the caveat you know, to that. We didn't, like last month's one wasn't very good, and, you know. I yeah. so it's nice, to, nice to have a good one. I was looking hard for a good movie to follow Ghostbusters, and we are bloody running out of them. We got loads of terrible ones. Yeah, but good movies. <laughs> yeah, you've got, you've got to start spacing them out now. <laughs> here's the thing that no one's going to listen to this episode because it's a good movie. Yeah, quite possible. They just want to see us suffer. You <laughs> fucking bastards. Yeah, but it's so good. Yeah, so this op- so I haven't noticed why I like the opening scene, well, the opening scene and the next scene afterwards. Yep. As a contrast of a man who is a deadly assassin, who who is ruthless and untouchable as a killer, and then just a normal schlummy bum. Yep. Who you know drinks milk, goes and watch movies, doesn't really do much with his life. Mm-hmm. I really like the contrast of the two. It is. Um... So, the kind of, again, kind of conflicting from the special edition and sources elsewhere, 
saying whose idea it was to make Jean Renault have the mental age of a 15-year-old. So mm. a lot of people are crediting Jean Renault. Yeah. But in the uh, but in the 10-year anniversary special, he says it was written that way by uh, Luc Besson. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I didn't get the, the idea that he's meant to be just like uh, a mentally meant to be 15 years old. I got the idea that it was just really, if it wasn't for the fact that he was a really good killer, he'd be a basic, simple man. He'd probably be doing some menial job somewhere unknown to everyone and un- unspoken to yeah. and completely alone. That's the impression I got from him when he's not going out there and just executing people. Mm. Yeah, especially in this extended edition. The yeah. extended edition adds so much, especially in the way of character work. Yeah. Like, I, having only seen the theatrical version before, I'd never thought of Leon as a regular man, maybe slightly simple. But you really do get that in this movie and and everything is made so much more uncomfortable because you feel like because you feel because he may be slightly simple the only thing he's good at is cleaning yeah you, f- you kind of feel like everyone is almost taking advantage of him yeah especially yeah. tony yeah. yeah so holding on to his money for him yeah there's kind of two scenes but you know better than a bank because you know, no one knocks. He has all of that rehearsed, and he says it again to Matilda. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah that 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 is a beautiful. We, let's moment. let's go let's go through the movie, and yeah. we'll, we'll get to it when we get to it, shall we? So yeah, opening opening scene. He he just kills his way through to uh to some to some Joe. Well, the, well, the main thing people who didn't deserve to be hitted. No, they well, weren't. No, he, they weren't he, in the contact. He wasn't even there to to hit at all. No, just people got in the yeah, crossfire. He just got in his way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but the the thing that's so great about You'd this, get one star on Hitman. <laughs> what's great about this scene is that the majority of it, the majority of it, is from the point of view of the victims. Yes, mm. we don't see uh, Leon until he comes out of the shadows. Yep. In that last bit. Yeah. Yeah. Which like one of which is just a, a very lovely moment. <laughs> a little, yeah, a little behind the scenes bit. You don't realise the amount of editing that's gone into that because the actual shooting, they just had like a little, like tiny set they'd done like a, in a cupboard mm-hmm. or like a closet, and it was all they had lights on them and everything. Yeah. So it's really bright. But then, when you see it in the actual film, it's all shadow work. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's really amazing. And the, like he literally physically comes out of the shadow, like he's a part of it. Really I want to well find done. the name of the editor because she's done a few good things. Yeah, you know, it's a really you forget it's a really funny movie as well. It is. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, like in the in the in the opening scene, the mm. the one the one that comes to mind is like some somebody's coming up. He looks serious. Then he's, the other guy's like, someone's coming up. Sounds serious. Mm. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's fucking funny. I, I don't like, like do I'm, you understand? Mm-hmm. Say so you understand. Yeah. I understand. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's funny because uh, English is uh, Luc Besson's and uh, John Reno's second language. I don't know if it's, if it's the slightly, ever so slightly stilted delivery or if it is just actual funny writing but it's whatever it is it's definitely funnier than fucking Ghostbusters 16 oh yeah yeah it's uh, tightly scripted very tightly scripted yeah, yeah. and 
like bashed out in terms of script writing because Luke Besson wrote it himself. Yeah. Mm. And he did it just because he wanted something to keep him busy while they were waiting on Bruce Willis for the fifth element. Because that took oh, really? like five years in production mm. because Bruce Willis was so wanted at that time. He was going yeah. to and fro. So the Luke Besson just. They are changing. Do you know what? That gives me a, hor- a suddenly horrible thought that. If he could, he would have got Bruce Willis for this. No, this was written just for him. Oh, it was? Because there was a previous film that they'd done together. In this opening scene again, I'm enamoured by the um, hooker's hair. (laughs) Ah, yeah, who was Luc Besson's wife at the time. Yeah, like, she's got this this great big headband on it around Mm. her forehead and just over her ears and pushing her hair up and out like a like an like an like executor or something <laughs> <laughs> and it looks like she's full on about to break out into like groovies in the high yeah <laughs> it's so 90s i fucking love it <laughs> well it's kind of 90s but it's, it takes a lot from the 80s as well especially when matilda's sister's doing the exercise mm, the video aerobics, yeah yeah, yeah. It, there is actually something I love about the movie is you get these partial feels of 90s and partial feels mm. of 80s. There's no real set time frame for it. It's just here's a story happening, you know. So the character that Leon was based on, uh, Jean Reno had already played a cleaner character from Besson's previous film, La Femme Nikita. Mm. Um, okay. And he was called Victor, Victor the Cleaner. And so... When Luke Besson had this downtime, he just went, right, I just want... Because Jean Reno was starting to come up in the world as well. Yeah. So he went, I want a vehicle for Jean. And this was around okay. Mission Impossible time, wasn't it? Mission Impossible 1. Yes, it would have been, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he wrote it specifically for him and banged it out in between 20 and 30 days. Mm. Um, invited Jean Reno and his second wife at the time to dinner in Paris. And then, end of the night, he just brings out this little present and says, <laughs> this is for you. And Jean Reno opens it as a read and then starts crying and says, I'm already prepared. Right, like, oh, fantastic. That's kind of lovely, actually. Yeah, and when you know that the amount of love that went into it from that, mm. it's no wonder why it was such a great film. Yeah, this is, like, genuinely, this is a, I forget every time I rewatch Leon, I forget just how much I enjoy this film. Mm. Yeah. How much I love about it. Like, very small character detail about the character of Leon himself when you see him take his coat off. And I think this is more, you see more of this in the extended uh, in director's cut, is he has a pair of bolt cutters in with his tool set. Yep. Yep. He has his guns, he has his grenades, and he has bolt cutters. And they, and there's, I'm pretty sure it's, it's part of the director's cut. Yeah. Where they explain why he has it and they show the montage yeah. of him like... It's, not in, it's not in the theatrical yeah, cut. Yeah, no. But I, I, but I like that. I like that he that the character's so prepared... Mm. He has bolt cutters on him because he knows how he knows. Okay, well, I've got to do this to get into this to yeah. for this situation. We're we're entirely thrown into the fact that this is the one thing he does, the yeah. one thing he knows how to do. Yeah, everything else is just wakes up, drinks milk, exercises, sleep. Yeah, that's the rest of his life, yeah. and takes care of his plant. Eleven minutes in, we get Natalie, Natalie Portman's introduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My my note here is that you know, I I like Natalie Portman, the Portman. She's she is a great actor. 
Is she? What, what has she been in that you've enjoyed? Star Wars episode one, two, and three. <laughs> <laughs> very quick, very quick. But the, oh, I'm ready for those. I'm always ready for them, mate. I think no, I do. I do like her. Black Swan's great. Yes, but I think I think Leon is the best movie she's ever done. Yeah, I, I would. From what things I've seen her in. Yeah, you know what? It, it's it's hard thinking through her filmography. It's hard to think of a movie in that's that's better with Natalie Portman in it. Like Thor, Thor one and two, no, mm. no strings attached with Ashton Kutcher. No, <laughs> oh, God no. Uh, yeah, I mean she's done Black Swan. She, yeah. um, she did Vox Lux, which I think was last year, which was quite good. Oh, uh, Jackie Kennedy. She did Jackie. Yeah, she did she? Jackie. Mm. Uh, v for Vendetta. Oh um, yeah, anyone? she was all right in that. Uh, I mean, she was good in that, but that movie. Hmm. She was kind of that blank character you wanted for that role. I mean, the the the, the point is, like she's she has done a lot of good work. She's very talented, but I think this, her initial, her like first acting job ever is it's it's her it's her best. Yeah, and to do you one better, the first ever scene she's filmed. So remember, it's her first job. Yeah, go on. so this is the first one she's filmed. Was when she's walking down the hallway, she sees her sister dead and then carries Mate, on that's such, oh, a, that's such a fucking what a way to yeah that that for her first scene that is fantastic he's opened the door she couldn't actually cry so she wasn't emotionally because that was her first scene, she wasn't emotionally mm. attached to any of the characters yet. So what Luc Besson did is they blew menthol. Spat in her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> they blew a menthol vapor. Cry for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's an interesting uh, way to do it. Yeah, and well, she said once they'd done that, she was able to cry on cue because she didn't want that to happen ever again. <laughs> okay, yeah. So before we get to there are some that moment. There are some like horrible tricks employed on film sets. I've 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 mm. I've acted in one movie <laughs> where I was I was a teenager smoking was I smoking weed or just cigarettes? I don't remember. I was smoking something. Mm. And whatever it is they give you to smoke on set because of you're a t you know, you're a teenager. It, I was what, sixteen at the time. It can't be weed, it can't be tobacco. I don't know what the fuck it was, but I had to smoke it all fucking day, like twelve hours. <laughs> this is awful. Was it was it a, a chalk candy stick? No, no, it tasted <laughs> I, chocolate cigarette. It just tasted like somebody had fucking chopped up some oregano and some dill. <laughs> and it, out. it was fucking awful. That sounds pretty horrible. Twelve hours of it. That's why. That's why I didn't pursue that career because it was fucking boring. Also, th this is. One of the few cases where the parents having control... So, obviously, Natalie Portman was 11 at the time this was produced. And so the par her parents had control over everything Yeah, uh, she was doing. And this is one of the few occasions that I've read that they actually did... Took all of the right steps. Mm. 
So they weren't controlling, there weren't any of that. All they did was they went, okay, you can only show her holding five cigarettes throughout the film, no yep. more than five, mm -hmm. and she has to quit in the film. So you see that at the end when Leon tells her to quit and she just chucks it away. Um, and they also got rid of a scene that in the script initially Leon and Matilda were meant to become lovers. I'm I'm very glad they got rid of that. Yeah. Yes. Because in this extended one, there's a lot more scenes of that sort of nature and they make me feel very, very uncomfortable. As is intended. As is yeah. intended, yes. But intended or not, it's still fucking uncomfortable. Still well, again, very uncomfortable. We'll get we'll get there later on because we're still quite we early in the movie. We're like second the scene. Yeah. We we have not got to. We've not met Gary Oldman yet. <laughs> oh. oh, I love him in this film. Oh, he's, he's so great. mid nineties. Gary Oldman is best. Gary Oldman. <laughs> Like, Before he became old man and started doing Batman and shit. Yeah. Oh, that, when he had so, that run of like Dracula and Leon and Fifth Element uh, and Air no, Force Dracula One. No, Dracula was a bad film. It is, it is a bad film, but mid-90s when he's playing just fucking weirdos. Yeah. Dracula is a bad film. Air Force One is m mediocre, but he's playing a Russian in Air Force One, like a crazy fucking Russian on the president's plane. He's playing Dracula over God knows how many centuries Mate, he's playing whatever get, the fuck he's playing in Fifth Gary Element. Gary Oldman can play whatever role he wants and do a fantastic job. Mm. Mid nineties Gary Oldman is best Gary Oldman. I don't know, obviously, because I, I modern Gary Oldman is also very good because oh, he, he always puts no, in no, great he, work. He is good. He's a fantastic actor, but he doesn't do these sorts of roles anymore. No, it's true. So it's a, it is a treat to see this. Yeah, of of his modern films, that I've enjoyed the best. I think was Book of Eli, where he basically plays a <laughs> oh yeah a, a desert. Like kind of Mad Max boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember uh, that. I saw that movie in the theatres. I could, I could not tell you a fucking thing about I, it. I really enjoyed that film. Don't worry, no one else probably could either. Denzel Washington <laughs> yeah, yeah, is yeah. blind, but then he's not yeah. or something? No, he, he no, is, he's but he's, he also gets super extra, extra senses because that's how Hollywood views blindness. I he did, David. I always assume God gave him superpowers. Was <laughs> yeah, my understanding yeah. of what that was about. Anyway, past the boss is getting blown away because that's... <laughs> Yeah, so going back to the extended edition, I've I've seen all of the special features. So, mm. and what they were were 2004 interview with Natalie Portman for about 10, 12 minutes. Interactive menu, and they were there was an interactive yes. menu. Yes, it had three options. Yes, <laughs> subtitles, play movie option, and special features. Ah, uh. uh, the subtitles were in the options menu. <laughs> you had to really look for it. Is that where scene select was as well? Uh, yes, it was actually. Cool. Um, it's tidy, that. It's a tidy menu. Mm. Yeah, so you had a 10-minute interview with Natalie Portman, 10-minute interview with Jean Renault, and then a half-hour bit of randoms. So <laughs> of all the people who had acted in the film, you had Fat Man number one. <laughs> <laughs> who was the bloke at the beginning who had the knife held up to I him. I know exactly who you mean when you say <laughs> Fat Man number one. You had Fat Man number one and you had Matilda's dad. Okay. Uh, Those yeah. were the only actors. The rest was the um, casting director and the editor. And Oh, no, sorry, my win was in it. Um, Jean Renault's wife at the time. Yeah. Uh, the prostitute in the first, first scene. Okay. And, yeah, she... So she... 
started going out with Jean Reno when she was fit with uh, sorry with Luc Besson when she was fifteen. He was thirty two. Uh, and he didn't do the uh, thing that you're meant to do where you take your age, you half it, and you're plus seven. He didn't do that, and he failed. Just You just don't fucking date a teenager, you know? Nope, it's, nope, it's, nope. Just, it's not that hard. <laughs> really not that hard. It's not, but she, it's not a hard rule. Where does he get his crazy ideas <laughs> from, though? She, she oh. often says... What inspires him to write movies like Leon? <laughs> well, she's come out multiple times and said she views this script to be about her and Luc Besson. So I haven't heard any stories of Luc Besson killing people. So <laughs> Makes it worse. Uh, yeah. Good. Can we just talk about the movie, please? I, th- I think I'm out of paedophilia stuff now. Uh. <laughs> oh, what a shame. <laughs> oh. So 17 minutes at 40 seconds is where I'm at. Mm. Are, are we... I don't have much before then? I'm all... Uh, uh, my next one is... It's 20 minutes. Okay, I was. it's just a small note. It's 17 minutes, 40 seconds. Natalie Portman's mum walking around the flat looking like she's about to be eaten by the Audrey 2. She's walking around in leopard print top with 80s. boobies hanging out with a tight leather skirt, high heels on. She's walking around the flat doing brushing her teeth, <laughs> yeah. having some cereal. <laughs> Getting ready to go to work. Young cultured swines watch Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> Yeah, I know what you meant. No, you didn't. It took a moment, but I know what you meant. Yeah, she says she's getting ready to go to work, but what does she work as? I don't know. Who cares? At that time but in the morning. The whole point of that scene is to show you how shitty Matilda's family is. the family is, yeah. She works in a flower shop and dates but... a dentist. <laughs> so, doctor, doctor. We do, get, um, we do get to see Gary Oldman. We do. Know? introduction and he is fantastic in this film because Gary Oldman is always fantastic and he plays a great nut job <laughs> yes yes he does disturbed listening to music 19 minutes mm. uh, the headmistress from Matilda's school phones up yeah and I bet she feels like a ripe fucking bitch now isn't she <laughs> <laughs> after banging on for like three minutes oh your daughter she really should have come to school we do not appreciate her not coming to school you should we need to give her an education but we can't give her an education if she's not here she's dead hangs up the phone <laughs> show me that headmistress's reaction <laughs> why well, wonder is how she felt when at the end Matilda fucking walks through the door Jesus fucking Christ <laughs> you're dead like how did she not freak out immediately because she get me already... Hayley Joel Osment on the phone <laughs> she already knows Matilda's a pathological lie yeah yeah that's true so uh, 21 minutes oh, I, have, I have my, my note of 20 minutes go on you have a note of 20 minutes I've stopped taking notes because I'm just enjoying the film too much. Yeah, yeah I had that problem. <laughs> I just just carry, I just forgot to take notes after a while. I had very few notes on the film. It was just, oh, I know a fact about this bit. I know a fact about this bit. I want to fucking carry this podcast then. I, Please do. I was mentally taking notes to tell myself to take notes. <laughs> 21 minutes, I have pop quiz hot shots. Okay. Uh, does anyone want to do a, anyone want to do a jingle for that? Pop quiz hot shots! Oh, it's beautiful. Like a songbird. Uh... What movie? <laughs> no, it's fine. What movie? Cover your ears. Is Leon watching on his own at the theatre, oh, the cinema? Fuck. Um, singing in the rain. It's a Gene Kelly film. It's, it's not, not singing in the rain. Not it's... singing in the rain. 
Oh, it's the other one. You fucking cretin. Mm. You should know singing in the rain inside out. No, fuck. It's gone. It's uh, it's always fair weather. Uh, uh, the song yeah. is I Like Myself and Gene Kelly tap dances in uh, roller skates. And Jean Reno's face is fantastic. He's fucking... It's so enamoured by it, isn't he? <laughs> it's great. And it's, it is... I, I, I don't blame him because it is a fucking wonderful scene in that film. I like Gene Kelly. So as as much as I don't like to look back, I think we need to reference Ghostbusters 2016. No, moving on. <laughs> why? Because... Oh, I did this to you, why? At least two of Gary Oldman's most famous lines in this film, if not his most famous lines, full stop, were improv. Oh, interesting. And the first ones were he improved, and then the director stopped and went, that's good, let's do it again. Multiple takes. So it wasn't... a secret. Yeah, it wasn't, oh, we'll Mm -hmm. take your first one, because his first one wasn't that great. Mm. But when he was, yeah, he was talking about Beethoven, and they basically carried that and wrote that into the script as a result of the improv. It really works for the character, actually. Hmm. Funnily enough. That's how a lot of movies are made. Isn't it great? They do multiple takes of the one... They do one line, but multiple takes of it. Inside secrets right here, guys. Yeah, Yeah. but you wouldn't want to lose the magic and, like, rehearse, would you? Of course not, of course not. (laughs) So, this scene where he's bagging on about... Sit down and have a script read through. We haven't got a fucking script. (laughs) Can't. (laughs) Why do we have this scene? Because... Matilda's father took money from Gary Oldman's character and he comes back with a shotgun to gun them all down. Technically, he didn't take money. He took 10% of the cocaine. Cocaine, sorry, yes. Took his, his cocaine. And he crunches a pill and does his amazing little freak out, yeah. I'm on drugs. Do we know what that pill is? No. It's benzo something or other. Benzodiazepine? Maybe. Okay. He takes that, grabs a shotgun and like plays Beethoven in his head. Not these calm moments before the storm. I wanted to, I didn't have time, but I wanted to f- see if there was a bit of Beethoven that synced up to that. Because he was doing a lot of, like, he was doing, he yeah, was doing moving his hands, and then yeah. he was kind of in time, he was going backwards, and then kicking a door open as if that was part of it. Mm. Yeah, he was like conducting in his head. Yeah. I prefer the idea, well, I like the idea that he was humming it to himself as, as he was doing the scene. But I, I doubt there's something that, that syncs up. Yeah, it would be nice, but there, I I didn't read anything like that either. So. Once I mean, this is it's a horrific scene, but mm. once again, funny moments. It's a, it, there are some really comedic moments. It's when Gary Oldman's on his rampage through the apartment, <laughs> and he's going across the hallway in front of his henchmen, and they almost fucking shoot him. Mm. And yeah. like, oh shit! Just let him do his thing. <laughs> I, it's it's a really fucking good film. That guy, his main henchman, Benny, um, hmm. went on to be a firefighter in New York and uh, gave his life during 9-11. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Yeah. Listen, well, he's fantastic in this film. Yeah. No doubt. But one of my favourite moments in the scene is when he's talking about, Gary Oldman's talking about Beethoven. And he's going, uh, oh, yeah, I love Beethoven. And then he gets boring as shit in the middle. That's why I stopped. <laughs> That's why I stopped. It's like, oh, you don't like Beethoven, do you? You're like, Mozart. <laughs> I love Mozart. <laughs> Austrian. <laughs> it's so good. It's such a good film. Terrifying. Mm. He, he is a terrifying figure in that scene. The bit, there's the bit like before, yes, the day before. So it's before he goes to shoot the place up mm. when he goes to Matilda's father 
find out who who cut the coke mm. yeah. by noon tomorrow. And Benny is talking to the father first and like, this guy, he, he can sniff sniff out anything. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see Gary Oldman in the background. He's going, oh, okay. Yeah. Because he wasn't meant to do what he did next, <laughs> which, which was get right up to Matilda's father and sniff the fuck out of him. <laughs> so that is, that's an honest look from that actor who's like, oh, I didn't know this was going to happen. <laughs> Brilliant. Like, but we're we're at twenty five minutes in, and my note here is I I genuinely feel like no more than ten minutes have passed. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really got, quick. It's, it's, it's such crazy. a pace on this film. There is. It's fantastic. I mean, I understand the theatrical version has. I think, from my memory, theatrical version has a much better pace. It's a like, lot snappier, but then yeah. there's twenty six minutes less of it. Yeah, I I feel the movie actually does benefit from that. As okay. much as it's nice to see the other director cut stuff in it, yeah. I feel the movie does benefit with that stuff. Okay. Film, personally. But we also get here Matilda walking up, and a brilliant bit of character is she doesn't think to freak out. She just walks straight past and speaks to the one guy who was nice to her. Mm. That is, like, when she is at Leon's door mm. and we're looking at her through the peephole, that's, that's such... She's, it's such a fucking that, wonderful piece of acting. And I'm... It astounds me that was her first day. Mm. Mm. Ever. That, that peephole scene I love because it's not just that he's got a peephole, he's got a second one. Yeah. And a lovely little bit of character thing is he's looking through it and it's guard against his door and he's got his gun pointed at it mm-hmm. and he's looking at the geezer and then he adjusts his gun yep. just to make sure he's got him directly in the head where he wants it. There's an awful lot of... Probably why this film feels so quick is we get an awful lot of kind of quick point of view shot, then side angle of what they're looking at mm. and then we keep cutting between that so we're always in the frame as yeah. it were so we always know okay so he's looking here there's this other person we see they're looking there and then it all just comes together i we've been, I, f- I feel like we've been far too positive um <laughs> okay i'm gonna try and be negative as much as i love gary oldman and his performance in this film yeah uh w- with a critical hat on Oldman's performance is at odds tonally with the rest of the movie as it has been so far. Because, I mean, pretty, mu- pretty much everything we have with the bad guys so far has been quite farcical in, in a way. Yes, almost. Spe- I'm, I'm thinking it's specifically the little old lady in the hall. Like, yes. which, why don't you leave that poor family alone? And he's like, shoots the glass behind him. You should go back inside. <laughs> How calm, how calm. Yeah. It's, it does feel a bit almost cartoonish. It's quite cartoonish, yes, with a critical hat on. With a normal hat on, which, as we know, our normal hats are fedoras because we didn't like Ghostbusters 16. <laughs> with a normal hat on, I fucking love Gary Oldman and everything about him in this movie. You should do more like this. I miss 90s Goldman. Goldman? Yeah. That's what I'm calling it from now on. Goldman. Yeah, you like, heard me. There, there were some... There were some of the, the henchmen that I didn't care for. Are you talking about the white Rastafarian guy? Yeah, that guy. Willie Oneblood. Who who does one Jam- Jamaican Bumba accent. And then he stops when we see him again later on in the... In, where, in his... In Evil Man base, let's call it. Yeah, That's because he's a well-known reggae artist. 
Is he really? Willy Oneblood. He doesn't have a character name. So they call him... He's, he's referred to twice in the film. Someone calls him Willy. Someone calls him Oneblood. Right. Okay. okay. Fair and enough. And that's his performing alias. Ah. But... Oh, fuck me he, then, I guess, <laughs> for being such a bigot. But... but he is playing a character who's meant to be a cop. He's playing a silly character, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Spoilers. The bad guys in this are DA. cops and DA. Absolutely no way he passes the exam acting the way that he does. <laughs> See, Looking I... the way that he does. They would make him shave his hair. Uh, well, well if he's too... going undercover, he mm. may have joined yeah, with, right. your, with your buzz cut. You know, Maybe I, up until they showed them in the office, I always assumed those guys were just gangbangers that mm. he'd that um, Oldman was working with and had hired just to like yeah. help him do his dirty work, and he was the only one who was a cop. Mm. But no, I was wrong. Ashley, yes, thank you, no problem for picking this movie. Well, as I said, there aren't a whole lot of other choices, but but also, fuck you. Because you've made you made me watch it with a, with critical, a critical eye. eye. Yeah. The like Oldman seems at odds with a critical hat on, as does the piggy scene. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, the piggy scene's great. It, no. Critical hat off, it is great. <laughs> I love it. It's a memorable scene, a pivotal scene, and brilliantly executed hat on with a critical eye yeah straight after natalie portman's uh stuff at the door yeah her entire family's been killed we're coming right off yeah her emotional outburst at the table with the with the music it's quite it's tone it's a bit tone deaf because he comes out with why the is it and tone deaf hi Martina. and she smiles at it hi Martina. hi piggy how are you today? Right, okay. I would argue it's fine because it shows us that Leon doesn't know how to react yes, to children. No. That... So he doesn't know the best way to talk to her. He knows that she's just been through shit in that yeah. last five seconds. Well, he like, he's My, never that... had to console someone who's had someone they know killed because he's mostly the dude killing people, exactly so yeah. i mean my, my major gripe with it is you know that she smiles at the piggy glove mm. and it does help a little bit she should like really your little brother's just been dead she doesn't care about the rest of her family but she really loved a little brother yeah she should be a bit more inconsolable that the fucking piggy piggy oven glove Shouldn't be doing anything for her right now. Yeah, I'll, but, I'll give you that. But Fedora back on. I hate Ghostbusters 16. <laughs> <laughs> the scene's great. The scene's well like well acted. The music's great. Well, it's, I think we also kind of have memorable. to look at Matilda as... I, I, I'm always confused with the difference. She's either borderline sociopath or psychopath. Yes, this, this I want to bring up as well because... Mm. Especially in the extended edition, I'm reading the movie a lot differently than right. I have in the past because I don't mm. only ever seen the theatrical version before. Watching the extended version, I get a completely different read on Matilda, and it's that she is not completely stable. Mm. And 
Yeah. You wouldn't be. With that family. With that family, with what happens to that family, what, what happens to her little brother, and you wouldn't be. And who takes her in. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she definitely becomes unstable in this film. And delusional as well. Yeah. Hmm. But, like, her character becomes very delusional and thinking that this dude who's just a killer is this knight in shining armour. Yeah. Uh, I got 42 minutes. Although I did like him contemplating now. blowing a head off in the middle of the night with a, with a pistol. Again, There's so it, yeah. many small moments like small that. Small moments yeah. like that really make this film. Yeah. Uh, my next note is about the when they're doing the impressions. Oh, well, oh I'm the, way, the, way the, before the, then. The dress-up scene. Yeah. Way mm-hmm. before then. 42 minutes, I've got, stop saying okay all the time, okay? <laughs> yeah. Okay. She says okay, and the next thing, next scene they share, she's still saying okay. And this movie is fucking funny. It's really good. <laughs> Action movies, brackets non superhero, were just way better in the eighties and nineties. What I wouldn't before actually having a look at this film and like again putting the hat on, I probably wouldn't have classed it as an action because it's the action scenes are very few and far between. Mm. They're right at the beginning, right at the end, and very little in the middle. Well, yeah, the you best do get, movies you do often... get a fair bit in the extended edition. Yeah, in, in we well, had yeah, just that middle. one little bit of like going through doorways and. But here's the thing: when, when you look back on action movies of the eighties, nineties, that kind of was the case. You'd get a lot more character stuff in eighties, nineties movies, like brackets non-superhero again, than you would. Like compare yeah. compare Lethal Weapon to to Fast and Furious movies, Riggs and Murtaugh are characters. Hmm. There's not a hmm. huge amount of action in the first Lethal Weapon movies. Hell, even Die Hard as well. Yeah, Heat, Heat. This is it. You get characters instead of caricatures, and I'm not saying that Fast and Furious movies aren't fun. They. You know, for it's, the most part, they are fun. It's just that they don't have characters it's, it's that I particularly care about. It's a different breed of action movie. Yeah, it's and, a modern breed of action movie. And on like the best action movies are ones that do character build. Mm. Yeah, because 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 if you're if you're I always think if you're non-stop in your face with action stuff, eventually you just do not care what's happening. Yeah, you you, you effectively you go you know, I don't know what's the term what's the right term but like almost like action blind I guess yeah Where it's all just a blur it's all just a blob of oh this action happened well it's especially with some modern action films where it literally is a blur because it doesn't want you to see what's going on mm. yeah Batman begins uh, Batman even the the, the, the first Christopher Nolan one yeah with fight scenes so horrendous I can't believe uh, directed that talented would film it like that but anyway. I think we can all agree that's a terrible trilogy of films can uh, we anyway yes we can <laughs> <laughs> uh, 49 minutes and 50 the sniper training scene mm-hmm. when they're, yes. up, they're up on the roof and she's scanning the park through the scope just just made me really badly want to go and play Silent Scope <laughs> oh my god that's a name I remember, I remember Silent Scope from the arcades man I remember light gun games I love them but arcades brackets non-superhero are better in the 80s and 90s as well <laughs> also uh, that was Trocadero yeah, I remember Trocadero. Of course, I remember Trocadero. That was filmed on a genuine rooftop using genuine daylight. How great was that? Yeah, <laughs> excellent. So that dress-up scene. I am at the dress-up scene I'm now. About. Okay. Yeah, this this makes me feel very uncomfortable. Mm. 
along with other scenes, but this one. I know. I know. I said I'd kind of come to the end of my uncomfortable segment, but I have to pull something else out of the gross bag. Uh, why is it sticky and smelly? <laughs> um, all these impressions that Matilda Natalie Portman did were ones that she'd done on her audition tape, mm, right? And it says in multiple places that. Natalie Portman was the one who chose those um, particular impressions. Okay. So she did Charlie Chaplin, uh, Marilyn Monroe. Madonna. And Madonna, yeah. Um, because she said she, she grew up with Madonna, uh, she knew Charlie Chaplin films, and she'd seen that Marilyn Monroe bit from Wayne's World. Right. Uh, so she was copying Mike Myers' impression of it. Okay. But... I think... I can see that now. I, I yeah. can really think it's too on the nose. Too, those, Especially the Marilyn Monroe and the Madonna one are far too overtly sexual. To, yeah. And they fit so well in with the film for her to have come up with that herself on her first ever audition. It seems... Yeah, I, I see where you're coming yeah. from. It, it's, it smacks of a little bit too much of good coincidence. Uh, yeah, to me, it certainly does. I mean, my question about this, my issue with the scene is, why why does Leon have all these bras and makeup? That, he yeah, doesn't. She does. Oh, yeah, she took him. Um... She got, she, I think just before this, she goes back to the house and yep. she takes a bunch of stuff. Okay. I, I glossed over that. Yeah, like, well, she, she, she lifts, the, lifts the floorboard up to... Take cash out. Yeah, yeah she takes the cash. And but she leaves the floorboard where it is, and she the police takes, don't notice that. She takes her mum's thongs. That's a you need case. something so you remember your family by <laughs> then, yeah. yeah. But when this is also, but that's also the scene where we get, um, we get, we find out that Gary Oldman's a DA and that he's a cop. That's right, yeah. And he does a very, very poor uh, rendition of, oh, you know, he shot at me, so I shot him back. Mm hmm. And not really, because this is a police-issued shotgun that you've just blown away four people with. <laughs> no, sorry, three, because a kid gets it from a Tech 9. Yeah. Through a wall. Yeah. By another DA officer. Yeah. How <laughs> you explain, like, oh, just doing our job. The kid had a gun. <laughs> the wife had a gun in the bathtub. Jeez. <laughs> I thought he was a different race to my own. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, that's what That's I mean. how America functions, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Staying in. But hey, talking about impressions, that yeah. fucking John Wayne one's on point. I <laughs> love it so much. <laughs> that's an on point. I'll, yeah, I'll give, it to, I'll give it to him. That is on point. Because there's, that's one of two scenes where just the look. So he's done what he thinks is the best ever John Wayne ever <laughs> and it's, it's pretty damn good he does the I'm walking on the moon thing yeah he's got the wall and he does down. the pilgrim and then he goes the to the door frame and leans up against it and then when Matilda doesn't get it he looks so dejected <laughs> he looks like such a poor boy and you just want to go and hug him uh, but she was just about to say that she swears and uh, this yeah, movie's yeah. a fucking funny film <laughs> so good but then after that we get another what scene what happened Luke Besson <laughs> We get another scene with uh, Leon and Tony, and just from yeah. from that juxtaposition of um, Leon being looking like a dejected little boy mm. to then sitting with his father figure, who's telling him, "I'm keeping all your money." Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking just, after just that was fantastic. Mm. That passing of that. Yeah. Okay. Again, I said it earlier. Like it's 
the extended version really has so much more character meat. Mm. Character like, meat with no one. We get the we get the training scene where he's taking Matilda on jobs with him, and he's teaching him, you know, you know, chewing gum over the the eye thing. Make oh yeah, yeah. This, you you're jumping to. ahead now. Oh my, am I a little bit? You I'm, are. I'm a little bit I'm okay. Because at an hour and four, back. we have a contender for the worst policeman ever. When she goes back to um, her old flat, yeah, to get the twenty grand, and there's a policeman issued there, presumably to stop people going into this crime scene. Oh yeah, that fucking stupid cop. All he has to do is just stop people going into the crime scene. She's like, I am visiting friends in in 6J. He's like, oh, okay, go on. I'm going to carry on chatting up this lady. He's, he's he's not even stood by the fucking door. No, he's like, he's like at another door entirely. Yeah. <laughs> Awful policeman. <laughs> and we've seen policemen shoot children in this movie. <laughs> he's worse than them. Although you're saying that, the police are fairly convincing because famously... One of the last scenes, um, when you got all the police and SWAT guys or whatever mm. out in the street, there was a guy who was stuck up at a convenience store in the real life at the same time and then came out and saw all the extras there and gave himself up. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Excellent. That, that is some universal karma <laughs> like bullshit fuckery right there. I love it. That's <laughs> fucking brilliant. <laughs> Can we take a break here to uh, thank our sponsor? Who's uh, our next sponsor? Bog Roll. <laughs> uh, they've got soft bog roll. They've got soft bog roll and strong bog roll. Both are great for wipe, wiping your asshole. Is this a new thing now, or are we just stopping? Like, no, we'll just carry on with the rest of the podcast. <laughs> this, this, this fake sponsor. Uh, hour and five. I'd almost forgotten that Gary Oldman was in the movie at this point. Gary Oldman's in the film. Yeah. yeah. We haven't seen him for a good half an hour or so, so I'd almost forgotten that he was in the movie. But when he does show up, things really do change gear. What's, what scene are you speaking about for this one? This is a very good question, I don't know. <laughs> uh, this is probably... Oh, yeah, Matilda's out buying milk. Something terrible always happens when she's buying milk. Yeah. And he, she sees uh, Gary Oldman... Get you know, out no, of or into a car. You know what? It, I know when. It, I know. I know what it is. It's when she got. It's when she goes back to the apartment to get the twenty grand oh, out yeah, of the floor, yeah. and Gary Oldman comes in, and we have that scene. Like, what happened? I was doing my fucking job. Yeah. That scene, and then he says, "You know where to find me. It's this address specifically." Matilda, yeah. are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. address, this floor, this office. Here's That's my middle right, name yeah. and all my hobbies <laughs> and fierce. But yeah, things really do kick up a gear when he's on the screen in this film. Like, not not to say that the rest of the movie is bad because not it's fucking brilliant, but it's like we go into sixth gear when he's there. Yeah. We, Do we... his friends, if he has friends, are they concerned that he's he just has a, like a monochromatic wardrobe? Because you know, on in IMDb trivia or whatever or wherever I read it, it said somewhere like he's always wearing the same thing. Mm. But the first time we see him, he gets shot in the arm. Yeah. Mm. And there's blood in it. So he obviously has multiple suits and multiple shirts. You see, there are people that do that, though. They have a wardrobe consisting of nothing but the same outfit. Over They're and called over again. cartoon characters. They're not, no, they exist in real life. I've, and, I've uh, met Steve one of them Jobs. recently. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, my God, I wish, <laughs> I wish I had the brazenness to do that. 
just fucking... the the money as well just to have like a a three piece suit to 14 versions of it so i haven't got to do a wash every week <clears throat> and just just to rotate it every day and no one no one cares oh that's just that's just his look that's just what he wears fucking daniel radcliffe did that um in oh yeah, play, he wore yeah. the same clothes for like two, like two months in a row, just to fuck with the yeah. photographers. Yeah, which is lovely. <laughs> we get to an hour and twelve. Hold on. I just want you to stop talking for a second. No, um, there's a moment directly after when she comes back <laughs> with the money, and Leon's bought her a dress. Yeah. Yes. And we get the scene where she, where they effectively they're playing Russian roulette. And she yes, was, and that's what I was about to you, talk about. You're about Dan. this, are you? At an hour and twelve, we have the <laughs> Russian roulette scene. Dan. I'm not sure how. I feel if you about just that let me scene. talk about it, fucking Dan. No, I don't want to hear your voice. Mm-hmm. That's all right. No, talk about it because I don't know how I feel about this scene. I don't know if I like it. It's. I just want it cut out of the movie. It's an extended edition. Yeah. Scene. It's I, the closest we're gonna get to. The original script where they become lovers. It's, it's kind of a nod to that, I think. I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the scene is she, Natalie Portman's playing Russian roulette, uh, threatening to blow her brains out. Because Leon won't take the 20 grand. Because Leon's Theo. saying he won't, he won't help her, yeah. Yeah. And she says, if you, if you love me even a little bit, you'll save me. You'll wish you hadn't said those things. She's, She's been quite manipulative. Yeah. And I this this is this is where my different reading of the movie comes in this time because this extended this scene, I'd I'd never read the movie this way before, but seeing since realizing how vulnerable Leon is, like how suggestible he is, I I think Natalie Portman might be a villain in in the extended edition of the movie. See not a villain. Uh, if not a full-on villain, she's at least like heading towards full-on fucking fatal attraction. She's taking control of him. Yeah, yeah, she's to the point where he's happy that he's given up his life for her. Yes. The thing is, I think it's more of case she's just living in a massive delusion, where to her this is all some sort of like fun game, and it's like he's he's a knight of the round table, and she's. You know, Guinevere, and that's a bit of a poor analogy, mm. but this idea yeah. that like they're suddenly living in this magical fantasy world where they're they're the coolest people on the earth and they can take on anyone, you know, and Leon's getting swept up in that because he doesn't really know how. Yeah, to but it kind of a child. She's kind of becoming aware of the power she can wield as sociopath, psychopath, whatever. Yeah. Yes, that I think. Yeah, that too. Which you really see in the Russian roulette scene. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I think I am. I think the movie does benefit from having this stuff removed. I think. I th- I. It's, it's, see, I think I. Th- I think the extended edition is better. I think the. I think the the new the extra scenes add so much more. There are. I'll get onto it later. There is a scene that I would remove, and mm. have it as it was in the original cut. But for the most part, I think it it really works for me. I definitely prefer this version. Um, fair enough. I, I think it is just a matter of taste for me. I, 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 I know Dan's just not a fan of paedophilia, <laughs> like me and Ashley. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Cool. I'm glad I was quiet for that. I can just just cut that <laughs> oh. use as you need. <laughs> so, um, 
I can't remember where the next um, well, the, the the training montage with the houses if that goes before or after they have dinner. That's after they have dinner. That's after they have dinner. Okay, because the dinner scene I also didn't like. The dinner the dinner scene only helps solidify my thoughts that Portman is unstable because. Leon full on believe in the extended edition. You Leon full on believes that she is eighteen, 18. and just looks young for her age, and she has manipulated him to feel that way. So they have, they go to they go to the restaurant to celebrate her first hit, which yeah. you know, saw her sort of first hit, and they have champagne, and he's letting her drink it, and she gets drunk, and she tries to kiss him. mm Hmm. It's poor, simple Leon truly believes that she is 18. But the scene only solidifies for me the fact that Portman is unstable because she has like a full on laughing fit. Yeah, I think that's meant to show that she's drunk more than anything. Yeah, it's absolutely to show that she's drunk, but it goes on for so long that you start. She's fucking crazy. She's getting close, fatal attraction. She's going to boil his plant. (laughs) <laughs> and make him a lovely stew. <laughs> Funny enough, she does kill the plant at the end. Oh, spoilers! Let's... Yeah, I'll uh, get there. Yeah, like yeah, it, it really helps sell the scene that she, like that she is infatuated with Leon. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, which I think comes down to like I don't know if it's a scene like yeah, partially um, obviously you know a bit of a sociopath psychopath. But also that she sees him as a superhero, as her hero. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I get it. it. It's part of the character. It's part of the character. But also, with with this extended edition, the only reason we have the extended edition is because the initially this full thing was shown to test audiences, mm. and they were laughing uncomfortably at, yeah. at certain bits, which is why the majority of the undertones or overtones as they may be uh, was cut from the theatrical release I hate that I hate no but I can can understand that because I like I think the movie's better without it so I hate uncomfortable laughter though don't laugh if you feel uncomfortable just feel uncomfortable like putting a baby in a box in the quiet place it's not a funny scene (laughs) that was funny it's not funny you're laughing because it's uncomfortable as did the rest of the (laughs) theatre fuck you guys I forgot about that it's alright baby in a box Dan baby in a cardboard box when when me and you are old enough and we have our own aliens we'll understand (laughs) yeah I guess well that was a weird laugh did you just refer to my kids as aliens yeah alright Hour and 43 is where I'm at. Is this when Matilda goes to the DA's office? No. This is after. Because we have Gary Oldman in the toilet. He takes his pills and goes crazy again. Yep. Uh, threatens threatens a child. Threatens a child. I found out, find out that the rest, white Rastafarian guy is a cop and like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So I'm after that. Unless you guys okay. have anything before that. I'm my next note is right at the beginning of the action scene at the end. Um, uh, just a, a small thing about that scene was I like the fact that Liam walked in there, very, like knocked out two guards, very professionally killed the two of them, and then walked back out. Yeah, within five minutes. 
10 minutes. Ten. Cab ten, driver sorry. was waiting for 10 minutes and he was <laughs> very angry about it. <laughs> it's sorry. a government building. 10 minutes. I I like that because it's another thing solidifying him as this is he knows how to do this yeah. so well. He's been doing this for so long. Mm. There's no chatter or dialogue or it's nothing personal. It's just revenge. It's just bang, bang, off we go. Mm-hmm. Job done. Let's go home. So an hour and 43 minutes. Um, mm. This This is the scene that I think I would have as it was in in the uh, American cut of the movie it's the the um she rescues he rescues Natalie Portman she comes out they go back to the apartment she comes out wearing the dress that Leon bought for her earlier yeah, and she's yeah. like i want to it's the i want to lose my virginity scene yeah oh yeah and i you know, I, I i just think it makes things too explicit it's too much it's, it's not necessarily I mean, too much. Yeah, I think is... it's in line, but it's too explicit. Not not in like a sexually explicit way. It's too on the nose. But knowing what the original script was, they probably did the best of what they could with it. Yeah. But you see, as I recall in the theatrical version, they he rescues her, and then the next scene is they wake up in bed together. Right. Yeah. And the audience left to f- wonder what happened for themselves. Like, did did anything happen? Probably not. She was she was fairly scared. You know, he'd just been through a traumatic experience, rescued her from being, like, almost being murdered. She probably just slept with him for comfort. But then for the rest of the film, they've had these other illusions. Maybe something did happen. It's It was too, too on the nose is what I'm saying. I would have kept it as it was in the original version. He rescues her wake up in bed together the next morning we don't need to see her try on the dress we don't need to see her like say i want to lose my virginity with you my girlfriend said you know their boyfriends were idiots yeah it wasn't which, good for them that i mean again playing into what that her character is at that point is just that's complete bullshit she's just making that shit up on the yeah. spot she has no friends yeah but also like like with this it veers very close to the movie lolita which is an entirely mm. different tone yeah, which I I I do feel doesn't fit well with this movie. Which I I think there's a big old head nod is when um, Leon and Matilda go to the cinema together. It's just a big old head nod to Lolita there. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So the action scene then, I guess that's where we're at now. Yep. The final action scene. Why can't Leon just be French? Because he's uh, no, he's, a, he's been playing on my mind since earlier. He's a hitman in New York, so that's quite he can't be French. Ingrat- he's quite obviously man. French. There's another sting song in this. Why is he got? Why are they got like explicitly state that he's Italian? He's quite obviously French. No, he's an actor. He's putting on an accent. <laughs> Do you know what? He's originally from Mauritius. That's his, that's his Italian accent, is it? As much as I love. Well, I thought Jean Reno was good, but if that is his Italian accent. <laughs> Like, as much as I love Jean Reno, it's very clear, like, he cannot, like, he has a French accent. Yes. That's all, that's all there is, and that's fine. But, yeah, don't make him Italian. <laughs> Makes no sense. It's a, there's, there's no reason in the story for him to be Italian. I, I wonder, so... Luc Besson is French. Well, Nikita, I wonder, so I, I haven't seen Nikita. Mm-hmm. So I wonder whether Victor the Cleaner was specifically Italian in that. Mm. If that's who he was who based on. 
I don't. It's been. I like. I saw that. I've seen that movie once. I remember really enjoying it, but it's been many, many moons. I couldn't tell you, quite frankly. Right. So the police have Matilda. Yes. She's gone to get milk. And why is this? Because they go. The DA uh, Gary Oldman goes to Tony, and basically goes, That's "Tell right. me where he is, or I kill everyone here." Mm-hmm. And so obviously he tells him. Which Not Salvador, he makes the best sauce. So, and I just got to assume that he, Leon always goes and tells Tony where he's it's living. It's his father figure. I guess, yeah, I guess. He reports in every month. Yeah, true, fair enough. And then, yeah, we get this whole scene where they give uh, the, the signal for this is danger, knock. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Leon shoots the place up. That he does. In a Although, really good scene. As far as I'm concerned. Critical hat. Mm. The... <laughs> you put it on top of your fedora. Oh, shit. Take the fedora off. Oh, no. I don't know whether to be critical or hate women. Johnny too. <laughs> or be, be critical about hating women. <laughs> <laughs> what was your point? Um, so, the, the police guy conveniently asks, is there a knock that he knows you by? And so Matilda does it on the wall a fake version of the knock. Mm. And so the policemen all get into position. One of them goes up to the door, does the fake version of the knock. We wait two to three seconds before he pushes the door open. And then the police guys go in, say about five of them go in, and we find out Leon is able, he's got himself on top of the door frame, Mm. and he pushes the door closed. Within three seconds of that knock, he's managed to climb himself (laughs) onto the ceiling... And hang upside down mm-hmm. to prepare for someone just pushing the door open. Daddy was Italian, mother was a possum. What? <laughs> <laughs> See, I assumed in that shot that he was behind the He's door. He's a scramble boy. And was just waiting, shot them up, and when that happened, he climbed up there and, let the door, and opened the door again. That I was my think, assumption, because I, I, I thought you could just about see him in the door frame when the door swings open. I think it. the door, door opens inward, and I think there's a hallway. I don't think there's anywhere to hide behind no. No, I think he's literally behind the door as it opens, is what I'm saying. No, you see his hand from the top of the door frame. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yes. you do. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, he's yeah. up in the ceiling. He's a Batman. He's a scramble man. <laughs> scramble man. He's a spider man. There was a knock on the door. And then... He's scaring like the lights just come on like his cockroach. Yeah. Pissing at people. Knocking milk on Oh. He shoots a bunch of cops. He gets shot in the arm, yeah. and uh, gets Matilda back. And that, but but you, oh, one one hour. I, these are my notes. Right, I'm going to read it verbatim. One hour forty eight forty two. Oldman's going to say it. He's going to say the thing. <laughs> then one forty eight forty six. He said the thing. Everyone. Everyone. Bring me everyone. Apparently, also, well, not not an improvised line, but an improvised way of delivery. Delivery, yes. yes. yeah. So good. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So aggressive, and I like how I like Leon's solution to getting out of this. Yeah, he's in this firefight. He's covered. He get he rescues his plant. Mm-hmm. Sure. Bless him. Of course he does. And he, he blasts at a uh, is it a wolf fan, I guess. Yes. Or like an extractor fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He blasts at that and hacks away at the ball with an axe. With a fire axe, yeah. Yep. 
dumps his plant down, throws Matilda in, and then dresses up as a cop mm-hmm. with a gas mask on. And pretends he's wounded. I was yeah. like, oh, brilliant way to get out. <laughs> brilliant, yeah, simple is. way. It is, although there's probably a naked policeman in his apartment now, right? Yeah, probably. Might have just chucked him <laughs> down the chute as well. Well, yeah, there you go. So oh, problem solved. there at the bottom of the plant and then make it Leon, I'm down here. Oh, fuck. Leon. Stop throwing policemen at me. Leon. <laughs> Probably just stuck him in the fridge. Yeah. Got yeah, there's survive. many ways around it. And then, you are milk now. And then what I think <laughs> must be... <laughs> he drank him. <laughs> he scrambled up the wall, wrapped him in a silk cocoon and drank him. <laughs> It's good for you. It's healthy. Leon the spider. <laughs> spider Leon. Spider Leon. Look, but there must be like the greatest coincidence ever here because Gary Oldman comes up and he sees... He's never seen Leon, mm-hmm. but he sees one injured cop with his hat open and goes, you're, you're the guy I'm after. Yeah, yeah that this is a little bit of a gaping hole. The way i think it's meant to be seen is that he roughed up tony and then got a description of him yeah from that but yeah it's still it's a little bit of a hole yeah if it unlike and then he decides not to uh just kill him then and there like donald sutherland pointing (laughs) (laughs) yeah not say anything he waits he finds an empty hallway yeah the one that Leon conveniently takes. Yes. And then, I mean, it's a really nice shot when he's behind him with the revolver. It's, he pulls trigger and you see it from his perspective and the light flashes. The whole scene there where drops. Leon thinks he's getting away mm. is great because you know you know what's going to happen because as, as Leon walks down past that hallway, past a slightly ajar door, you can see the outline of Gary Oldman in the door. Yeah, just just slightly, just a, like a quarter of an hour a Goldman, but you can see, you can see him, and you not a kn- full Goldman. You know what's going to happen. I want to give props to the the score as well, and just how much legwork it does in in this scene and in, in the whole movie. As I hold the score of the entire movie is great, but the, this end scene, the piano and the strings, and it slowly sl- distorts as Leon thinks he's getting closer and closer to escaping, and then gets. Gunned down mm. from behind. No, it's it's, it's a fantastic great. scene. And then he gives Gary Oldman a lovely ring. The ring trick. The ring trick. <laughs> I just didn't like. I wrote down as a note. I said, "Leon dies like the predator. If I don't win, none of you win. Yeah, <laughs> you die with me, fucker." This is from Matilda. Matilda. <laughs> hey, yours from Matilda. <laughs> Matilian accent. I mean, that's... He dies. Matilda gets blown up in a super glorious explosion. Mm, that's a big explosion. Ah, I love explosions in the... Yeah, it was entirely practical as well. Yeah, you can mm. tell. Practical explosions in mid-90s action movies in New York are the best. Wow. Die Hard with a Vengeance, I'm thinking of specifically. It's a good, mm-hmm. it's a good one. And then we get the, the last scene. Matilda goes back to that school. Yep. And... She talks to the professor. She talks to the the head, I guess, and explains what happens. Mm-hmm. And then she says, oh, "Tell me the truth." And then she tells the truth, and you would assume she's got all right. Get out for fucking lying to me. Yeah, but whatever. No, she stays. Well, no, we get we don't get her reaction. She she tells mm. the truth, 
and then we get like a second holding on the the headmistress, mm. and then we see her walking out. Yeah, that's true. But then she does say, "I think we'll be happy here, Leon." Yes. So, and then she murders a plant. Does she actually? She murders a plant because that plant specifically is a Chinese plant that will die in the first New York winter. Ah. Oh. So, just like Leon Fucks dies up at my the end. Sequel pitch. So does the plant. Uh, my my final note here is one from the credits is um, Todd Thaller gets first billing in the end credits he was the casting director casting mm-hmm. manager okay he, he gets first billing and he fucking deserves it didn't because of he found Natalie Portman yeah yeah I suppose like, absolutely deserved it feels like I know there's a, there are a lot of characters but it does feel like a very small and tight cast and very well chosen because really there are three characters there's Jean Renault, there's Gary Oldman there's Natalie Portman yeah and really yeah. that's the three characters yeah it's it's a very tight movie even the extended edition which adds like 26 minutes yeah so now nah, it's the, like, this movie is a, the extended edition was 2 hours and 12 minutes which is 4 minutes shorter than Ghostbusters 2016 <laughs> They are com- like, like comparable in length, length. and it, it, I, I could watch it again now. Yeah, yeah, and it just it goes so. It, there's, there's, it doesn't drag. No, it's so tight. Yes, like my bodice. Ow. Right, has anyone got any more notes? I only have one more thing to say, and that's just when Natalie Portman's talking to old Tony. And she's still trying to live in that fantasy world and just goes, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Stop trying to act like, you know, you're a fucking kid. And he gives her the same speech that I'm, just, I'm holding exactly on to your money. Banks. Yeah. Tony's yeah. better than a Banks. But then he gives her $100 instead of 1000 that he would have given, given Leon. So he's fucking her over even more than Leon did. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He's a yeah. bad man. And she's a bad person as well because she played yeah. Leon as well. I, I think she's also a villain. <laughs> Everyone's a bad person in this movie, in one yeah. way or another. Except Leon. Is your sequel going to be a villain, and then she's going around killing all the plants? Yep. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, you've got that gardener. to look forward to after this break, ladies and gentlemen. So please listen to our pod wife of this month. It's Weeby Geeks. Weeby Geeks. Yeah, matey. <laughs> it's, it's not pirate themed, but <laughs> they're geeks who love bees. <laughs> We beekeeper geeks. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the geek revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Listen to Weeby Geeks podcast on iTunes and Stitcher or online at WeebyGeeks.net. Weeby Geeks, your voice for the Geek Revolution. Want to know more? And welcome back. That was Weeby Geeks podcast. Give me a listen. I have a sponsor. Yay. We've got to thank our sponsor. Okay, uh, thank it... you to our sponsor, Quilted Bum Sheets. No, we are sponsored this episode by sh- Shit Wipes. <laughs> nope, Shit Wipes. Uh, <laughs> uh, got to thank Shit Wipes. Uh, have you got shit to wipe? You wipe it with Shit Wipes. 
Uh, I also want to thank our fellow podcaster, Ron Burgundy, for putting us in touch with the toilet paper sponsors, who thankfully said we only need to mention them three times over 90 minutes as opposed to four times in a 30-minute podcast like Ron Burgundy does. So thanks, Ron. Tell me, do we have to... Is it just normal shit wipes or are we talking about moist shit wipes? They, they sell moist shit wipes and regular shit wipes okay. in both a soft and a strong variety. Can and I get the sandpaper variety? They, they also have a soft, soft, strong, soft and strong variety that is also moist and dry. Because I'm just thinking, if it's just the, the moist ones, does that not seem weird to just use moist shit wipes? Oh, absolutely. You have to dry afterwards. No, I mean, you don't use dry at all in the process. No, what do you mean? As in you would if just you have a moist use... one, then you have to use a dry one afterwards. No, this is what I'm saying. It would be very weird, right, just to use moist. Of course, you'd walk around with a wet bottom hole. For the whole process. Like, not just the... Not just like... <laughs> the whole the, process. Not just like the second to last wipe, but like the first wipe and the second and the third... Now, it depends on the severity of the situation. Well, this is what I mean. <laughs> but you don't want to put too many moist wipes in the loo because it will clog it up and you'll get a fatberg. Well, they're supposed to be just... They're not supposed to be like baby wipes. They're supposed to be just literally wet tissue, I thought. Or wet, awkward tissue. Wet tissue is different. Mm. But then wet tissue, if it's if it's just a wad of tissue paper that you've wetted... Wetted. Wet. Then you're going to get dingleberries. And you know what? We should table this discussion for now. I think so. You guys anyway, thanks, Ron Burgundy, for <laughs> recommending shit paper. Just do what I do. Sandpaper and chilli sauce, and then bung it all in the same corner because it can't be flushed. You guys listen to Ron Burgundy's podcast? No, I No, he's a fictional character. Half an hour long mentions toilet paper four fucking times every episode because it's, it's overkill. Cool, that, that sounds as unfunny as I thought it would be. Yeah. Is it done by Will Ferrell? Yeah, of course. Okay. And it's sponsored by Sha 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 Charmin. I wish it was Wolf Errol. Alright. So I'm just I'm just throwing shade, as the kids say. Hey guys, do you want to hear facts about the possible Leon sequel? Yes, do Me, tell I us do, about do, what, why do, this movie Ash. failed and the possible sequel that could have come from it, as is the remit of this podcast. Tell me, Daddy Ashley. Come, come down, on. children. Come, come. And listen to a tale which I is can't. about three lines long. Tell me a story, you tell me a story. Tell me a story, dear Daddy Ashley. <laughs> Saving that jingle for my personal use. <laughs> <laughs> right, so. Uh, da, 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 da. Mr. Mr. Luc Besson. He has... He's bas- Frencher than that. Luc Besson. That's not French, that was more <laughs> Japanese. <laughs> right. He's basically always said that he's wanted to do a sequel called Matilda. There's no secret of that. Um, it, however, became a lot less of a possibility when he left the Gamont Film Company, mm. who currently hold the rights to it. Um, however, there has kind of been a spiritual sequel that no one saw. Besson used the idea for Matilda in Colombiana. 2011 with Zoe Saldana. Yeah. Okay. It's got a 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh. And... Yeah, basi- Luke, ba- Luke Besson got rubbish. Yeah, I, I know you got rubbish. I didn't realise I got that rubbish. Yeah, basically a simple Google search right, no, I that I did this morning just typing in Colombiana comes up with nothing but articles of 
Colombia's tourism board saying it paints them in a bad light. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, Portman's apparently been going in and out as to whether she wanted to do yeah. a sequel. In in the extended edition 10-year anniversary, she categorically says, Luc Besson, let's do this. Mm. And nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. You get nothing. You lose. <laughs> Good, Good day, day, sir. sir. And that, that's about it, really. So, um, yeah, it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. And with the stuff Luke Besson's currently putting out, do we really want it to happen? Not really. No, not, yeah. not with current hack job and other things notwithstanding Besson. I mean, he he produced Taken, he produced the District 13 films, and though that was that might have been the last good work that he did. Producing, fine, yeah. Yeah. I, he directed The Family, which was a Robert De Niro, oh, that. Michelle That was better Pfeiffer? than I was expecting yes. it to be. Better than I expected it to be, but I think I went in with really low expectations. Same. Yeah. Oh, well, that pretty much tells you why I didn't go and watch it, if I'm <laughs> yeah. honest with you. Yeah. All right, but if a sequel did happen, Lewis, how would you do it? Right. So Matilda moves to Colombia. <laughs> no. Kills a plant. Um, <laughs> Nothing but plant killing. There's only there's only one way I I could see a sequel working after watching the extended cut. So this is a sequel to the extended cut. Uh, it's modern day. Natalie Portman. She's all grown up, but she's working as a cleaner. She has two rules: no kids and drug dealers only. It's 2019. <laughs> Natalie can all kill those a woman. Drug dealing kids. <laughs> She's not going to kill kids, and she will only kill drug dealers or drug-related people. It's 2019. Natalie Portman will kill women because of equal rights. <laughs> so Matilda, get, Matilda gets sent on a job. Uh, it's a drug lord, and we know from the extended cut that she hates drugs because they will ruin families. She sets drugs on fire in the extended cut of the original film. She goes on a job, but it's a setup. Oh, no. Uh, they knew she was coming. The rest of the movie is a game of cat and mouse between this drug lord and his men, or her men. Don't know. I haven't decided. <laughs> and Matilda. And what makes the sequel cool, though, is that we have, whenever we have an action scene in the movie, we're going to utilize a mixture of flashbacks with a de aged Natalie Portman to when she was 12 and a de aged Jean Reno. Uh, and him training her during the events of the first movie that we didn't, you know, we didn't see in the first movie. Um, just happens during that timeline. Mm. D.H. Natalie Portman, D.H. Jean Reno, and her training herself, you know, at school after the events of the first movie, f filling in the blanks on the past 25 years of okay. Matilda's life. So we're using a mixture of flashbacks and hallucinations of Jean Reno. Uh, so he'd be there in the scene with Matilda only she can see him because at least in my read of, of the movie the extended version she's not the most stable mind growing up she might have hallucinations is he gonna have like a blue Jedi blur around him he is now <laughs> use the force Matilda uh, what accent was that? <laughs> just the piggy in a blue, <laughs> blue blur. Matilda, you're replaced by a uh, by younger looking. <laughs> no, I was more just thinking, sort of 
to the side of the frame, slightly out of focus. Um, where was I? She's not got the most stable mind. That's what I'm saying. Uh, so the movie's going to end with a one-on-one between Matilda and this drug lord who gets the upper hand on her. And in order to win, uh, Matilda has to finally let Leon go so she can focus, not, not try and win like Leon would, but win like Matilda would. So she lets Leon go, beats drug lord, uh, kills Tony Jr. or whoever set her up. <laughs> she heads back to the school where Leon's plant is huge and thriving because we, it's not specified that it's a Chinese plant and will die on the first winter. It's huge and thriving. So she sets fire to it. Uh, and as the camera pulls back, Natalie looks to the side, just slight smile. We don't know if she's still hallucinating or is just happy to move on. The end. It's called Matilda the Cleaner. Okay. Okay. I think we're all going to have very similar titles. Uh, my one is Matilda the Professional. Yeah, I thought someone yeah. would pick that. That's why I picked something else. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, my film starts at night where a lorry pulls up somewhere in New York and two men get out with guns. And they open the back and they shout at the huddled women who are in the back of the lorry and they shout at them to get out and they're bundled into a warehouse where they are met by other equally armed men looking dangerous. And they're all talking about the huge amount of money they're going to make from just this one night of human trafficking alone. And then, bang, 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 bang. They all get shot down, like squibs going off everywhere. And out of the shadows comes Bodden Day and Natalie Portman. No women, no kids. Because as she grows up, she obviously got an accent. Sure. (laughs) And basically what I'm doing is Terry Pratchett's Susan Stowe-Hellett. So she's become the headmistress of the school. It's now her job to look after all the children and to protect them from the horrors of New York. That's it. Okay. And there's a plant. (laughs) Of course there's a plant. (laughs) Dan, what you got? Right, well, I've gone in a different direction, actually, first, because I couldn't think how on earth you would do a sequel. Mm. And I thought, well, with doing it with Matilda, it kind of feels like, well, she's kind of had closure. I don't really see a sequel with her being very interesting, so I've gone a, a different way. So on my mind, as we follow a new hitman, we're going to have him played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Mm-hmm. I don't think he gets <laughs> enough play. I want, I want to see him. I want to see more. More of him in my life. I'll be honest, yeah. you're losing me already. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Uh, in this, in my one, uh, Morgan, he's a much older, more tired hitman. Like he can't really properly do his his job anymore. He's getting kind of sloppy. He's just getting he's getting old. He's getting past it. Mm. Uh, and during one one hit, it takes place in the mansion. Like this drug lord's quite quite you know quite got a lot of money. He's quite powerful. And all things go a bit south and. He's got to shoot his way out. Sort of a la the raid. Mm. What we're doing. Uh, and during this, he'll he'll come across his target's young son and decides to protect him throughout all this ordeal. And um, or something where like he looks back on his past, going like, "Oh, I had a a rough you know time growing up as a child. I'll protect this this young child from from all this craziness going on." So anyway, in the end, uh, Morgan's character will get killed by his target. But uh, the target's own son will kill him, trying to protect Morgan's character because yeah. the, the son will, will feel like he's been more of a father figure over this X amount of period of time than he ever was. 
and it will fade to black as the cops arrive at the scene. And I've just called it The Professional. Nice. And that's okay. my one. Why Jeffrey Dean Morgan? I was trying to think of people to pick, and... And actually, the first name that came to mind. Will Will he do that thing where he like does his smirk and like does a little <laughs> bop, and he's all like, Woo! like Jeffrey Dean Morgan does in everything he does. I know he does that. Well, I'm specifically. He doesn't thinking, do it in Watchmen. He I'm, does it in one thing. I'm specifically. He thinking does it in. Of, was it Rampage that he was in as well? Yeah, he does that. He does it in Walking Dead, and he's in those movies a lot. <laughs> and TV show a lot and I saw a lot of them and it's fucking well, annoying I'm thinking of the particular moment in Watchmen where his character has a breakdown at the bed of his arch nemesis and he's genuinely feeling you know broken old and tired and sad mm. and depressed and I thought well I know he can do it so something where he's not doing that smirk and going woo <laughs> fair enough but if you want we can put Javier Bar then but then he was a hitman in No Country for Old Men, so you can't really typecast him. But he's got a foreign accent, which makes him automatically good for for Leon. He does, we can do that. Yeah, yeah there you go. Or wildcard Sean Connery, if he wants to come back and act. He's got an accent of something. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm, I've also decided that, because Lewis did it once, I'm going to do it, so fuck all you. I've got another one. It's called Leon Origins, or Leon Awakening. <laughs> Leon Begins. Leon Begins. Leon Revelations. And something we haven't actually mentioned. In the extended version, it tells you a bit about Leon's backstory. Yes. So how he fell in love with an uptown girl, essentially. Because there were two, two sides of the family in Sicily. And you had him. He was from a not very reputable family. And he, he fell in love with a woman. And her dad shot her to stop them from being together. Mm. And he was jailed for two days and then got out because they said it was an accident. And then Leon says, well, he had an accident from 500 yards away at the end of a rifle or whatever. Mm. So, yeah, that's that's I'm going to be doing that. But it's going to be Leon Origins and then it's going to finish on the boat heading to New York. Leon right. Origins. Leon Le- Le- Origins All Awakening. Right. I may have pitched two movies twice, but on the poll I only put one. Ooh. So pick one. That one. Leon Origins. One. Yeah. Okay. Is it Leon Origins or Leon Begins or Leon the Reckoning? Leon Origins, colon, Awakening, forward slash Begins. Hold on. <laughs> We're forward slashing this one. <laughs> okay, okay. That's going to lose in points in the poll. Put that <laughs> okay. Right. So who's who's next? It's, it's you, isn't it? It's Mr. me, Lewis. isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's me next. Uh, I think after the run of movies that we've done, I'd like a change of pace. Um, I don't, th- I don't think we've covered Got it. Screenplay. Got it. We'll go see it. We'll go see a production. Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Chicago. No. I don't think at least off the top of my head, I don't think we've covered an animated movie before. Have we? Not yet. Not unless you count Roger Rabbit. Or Mario. Well, we, we've covered half an animated movie before then. <laughs> Cool Town? Um, cool Town's going to happen. Is it Cool Town or Cool World? Cool World. It's not, it's not Cool World. It's not. Uh, we've, we've definitely not covered a full-on no. Disney animation. We haven't, co- we haven't co- covered a full-on animation of any kind yet. Uh, because it's, like, there's very f- few and far between the Disney 
movies that didn't get a sequel, they'd usually go direct to video. Mm. There are a couple. So we're going to take a look at uh, Walt's classic. It's the fourth feature animated Disney movie. A movie that I don't have much affinity for. We're going to look at Dumbo. Oh, okay. And and oh, if if we can force Dan under whatever influence we need to, <laughs> maybe we can do a companion podcast about the live action Tim Burton Dumbo that's coming out this oh. month as well. I think you're maybe, more forcing me than Dan. <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest, we are all going to force ourselves if no. we're going to do a companion podcast. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna go and watch that. I don't want to watch it. Then don't. Don't give money but, to the, them. But, but you see, this is the, like we're a podcast. We're here to entertain the masses. By masses, I mean <laughs> 50, 60 people on a good day. One of them. <laughs> all, right, all right, fine. Don't give in so easily. We're going to talk about this. We we're going to have a family talk. We can watch the Emoji <laughs> movie. We'll have a sit down. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening, all 50, 60, 70 of you. And you 70? F- well, well, yeah, well, this episode, everyone's going to love it. Sure. Um, yeah, you can find us on the podcast, the iTunes, the Stitcher, and everything that's where all the good podcasts are, and even the bad ones, because that's usually where you find us. And on the social medias, just type in Four Stars Pod. Thank you, everyone. Good at outros, isn't he? I'm the bestest. All the old episodes are on YouTube and you can vote on the Twitter poll for your favourite sequel pitch. Yeah, yeah that too. Yep. Yeah. do all that. Yep. There you go. Just reminding them. All right. Cool. Cool. Well. Toodly pip, everybody. Until we, have to, until we have to convene in this room again, um, I'm not going to... I won't be talking to you guys. Yeah. And now just to shut down About for another month time. until we're ready. <laughs> yep. Let's get back into my cocoon. <laughs> Power down, everybody. Just like Bye-bye. Leon. Play the music. <laughs> ding dick ding dick ding dick ding Let's be friends <laughs> What? What's so funny? That wasn't like that's a speech impediment I have involuntary comes up oh I'm terribly sorry for me having to hear it hear it hear it hear it